0: You're listening to the ON60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the ON60 Pod for all the latest news from around the OHL. And now, here are your hosts, Reese Dumaney and Colin Ward. Who needs to do a show every two weeks? We'll just go every week. We may be doing it now. You never know. Hey, hope got so. things going. I mean, hey, I think last week we got those talks going. I think we kind of stirred the pod a little bit. We now, did. Uh, 0-60 oh, effect? I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe your letter finally got through to Lisa McLeod.
1: <laughs> what up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just oh, man. Up. What up? That'd be amazing. Could oh, you- my God. So, we're saying it was my letter. The effect of Lisa McLeod allowing... Well, it's not 100%, but it's close. It's just... It sounds like yeah. it's down to how the cities. We'll touch on that a little bit later, but... Yeah. yeah first the back. First of all, she saw what? my face pop up listening. there with a. She saw my face pop up there with a big smile, Say, oh, "Let man. him play." <laughs> that was definitely it. Oh, she was it. like, "Oh, Colin Ward, we're starting the season." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when the Owen sixty gets involved, it's like, "Hey, we're playing." Oh man, uh, yes. Uh, hello to all our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the fifty-first installment of the Owen sixty podcast. I am Reese DeManey with Colin Ward. We already kind of teased it, but uh, there's developments taking place in uh, in the OHL's return to play plan. Of course, the Western Hockey League opened up their season this past weekend, and we will go through one of the games as we were starring back with our featured game. Nice, Sunday. Starring Matt Rowe. Yeah, starring Matt Rowe, yeah. Yeah, he was getting a little mad there for a second, but I can understand why. Uh, oh, Sam. We'll touch, touch on, on that. that a little bit later on. Also, we will be joined in segments number two and three by Joel Vanderland to sort of discuss what's going on right now with the Ontario Hockey League, with the government of Ontario, with what really everyone is kind of thinking at this point and where we are at in terms of starting a season somewhat of a... fired up today. Ontario. He's fired up. He's fired up today, Joel. Is he? Free, Free agency in the NFL. Eagles. Oh. Okay. yeah had to add that yeah i saw juju smith schuster's gonna leave pittsburgh yeah well, he's informed I, the team that he plans to go elsewhere well they got it i mean somewhere that i mean thank to god on I, 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 won't, <laughs> I was gonna I say won't it, miss you're a your big bye. tiktok you're a big tiktok guy oh man. yeah tiktok oh yeah my life depends <laughs> on that oh yeah man people are saying and i hate stop it.
1: the broadcast
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> People are saying the Grammys are essentially being run by TikTok because of all the songs that are becoming popular on TikTok. First of all, I care much about yeah. as I care the same amount about the Grammys as I do about TikTok. I really don't give a crap. Who cares? Yeah. It's not that I big of pro- a deal. Same I with actually, all of those dumb award shows. I really don't care. Yeah, that's true. I accidentally almost photobombed TikTok in Niagara this year. That's really? the only when in uh, Niagara. Oh, yeah, the yeah, entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were <laughs> dying. We were, we, were hanging out. we were hanging out in the hallway down uh, by the ice dogs dressing room while jordan musa was trying to get a tiktok going and i remember shout out to cam peters yeah there's no there's no way there is no way he didn't want to do that tiktok video i remember i got him a week i after don't even remember what video box. she was trying to do so a week after yeah i honestly don't know either but like a week after he uh i saw him in the press box i'm like hey uh Nice TikTok video, and his face just went red. <laughs> it's viral. Oh, man, that's awesome. Well, I remember also, yeah. too, at the time, not knowing how TikTok yeah. worked. Because, again, yeah. don't give a crap. I still don't. I still but, don't know how that works. Uh, Jordan was filming. And we were just there. And we were talking. I was like, oh, crap, we have to shut up. And Jordan's like, no, no, no. I, I won't have sound. I'm just going to play a song in the background. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Mind blown. You can do that? And she goes, "Yeah, that's kind of how TikTok works." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> didn't know that." Learn something new every day. Yeah, not yeah. a chance. I knew, not a chance. The whole ride home. Uh, after, I don't care. The whole care. ride home after. Still, <laughs> so this TikTok thing. We weren't talking about the game. We we're talking about TikTok. I know, right? <laughs> after we got there early, and we parked for free. Good times. Hey, if you're planning on going, the to go to like game, game five America, o'clock. Get to the Ontario Street parking garage before five o'clock. It's five dollars. I'd say, I'd say around four thirty, just to be safe. Get there around four thirty. Grab your Promo. ticket from the machine, and then make sure you to the dash. well. Actually, there's only one exit, so never mind. Um, Promo, go Promo out there. You don't have to pay because the security guards assume, oh, you were at the game, you already paid, so they just let you go, and you yeah. get it basically. Yeah, and if you go there and you get your ticket, just say. Uh, like, just say to yourself, uh, promo code 0160. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and I, I already screwed up. I already had a blonde moment today because about 10 seconds Uh-oh. ago, I was like, hey, you get there and you pay for free. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I think I said that too. I'm going to say that too. Yeah, just a word of advice for anyone headed to the Meridian Center because there really isn't anywhere else to park unless uh, unless you're with oh. someone who is – handicapped and has a handicap pass yeah. so you can park in the main lot
1: but yeah
0: or if you're media i'm surprised you don't hey i'm surprised you don't have the vip parking there I right? tv i, TV. You should I started there. that that was me yeah you, that's reached that me co-founder <laughs> co-founder anything that comes next uh you get a percentage of it i literally provided <laughs> all of that equipment the mic the tripod the camera man that was you solid setup. nothing before so. You, had, uh, you had a couple show guests on there. Well, you had one for sure, Jonah. Yeah, Jonah Simone, Jakey Birdie, uh, Phil Tomasino. Yeah. Um, who else do we have? Akil Thomas, but we didn't have him on the show. No. Uh, that'd be a good yeah, one, though. But there was really – I could name more people. Like, I, it'd be easier to name people that I didn't interview than who I did <laughs> yeah.
1: interview. Yeah.
0: Like, most of the imports – because they didn't speak the greatest English, except Kian Sopa. He just didn't like to do anything because he thought it was live for some reason. Nothing was ever live, yeah. just to well, let everyone know. Nothing was ever live. Yeah. Um, so Kian Sopa, that was a little rough, but really nice guy. He's hilarious. Yeah. Um, doing pretty well. He's back in Europe. He's getting a, yeah, he scored the other up, day. Putting up some points, so uh, good for him. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who are the other imports? Oh, yeah. Andre Makala. That guy was hilarious, too. <laughs> Drafted him out of the Czech Republic in the import draft in the 2016 import draft. He was a funny dude. I yeah. enjoyed working with him. He was, he was fun. Uh, I can't... Th- for some reason, I can't think of the Russian that year. I'm going to... L- Pavel Demin Or Demin. Oh, what a name. That he didn't speak a, a lick racket. of English, except hi. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> All hand, Jackson. But it- for him, it kind of helped that the Ice Dogs went out and got Maximov because Maximov at least spoke a translate decent it. amount of English at the time, so he helped kind yeah. of um, translate it for him. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, they uh, only have one import now, it's Shannon. Uh, well, well, the goose, should. but yeah, the goose. I don't if. expect him to come we play in the OHL this season. So,
1: yeah, um, that's a story for another time.
0: Featured yeah. game, yeah. Let's get to the featured game because we got Joel Vanderland in a few. Yeah, more. we got him on the line. <laughs> he's on hold
1: <laughs> yeah he's
0: on hold right now you he can't so, hear us our featured game took place this past sunday the 14th of march it featured the hometown slash visiting yeah the visitors. visitors in this game uh the regina pats taking on the saskatoon blades and it was the home side air quotes uh saskatoon taking it six to three doubling up the pats and what a game for that! This one really didn't start out well for Regina. We kind of were expecting a blowout because you mentioned it. You were like, oh, here's a blowout. It's coming. 3-1, yeah. two quick goals. Regina didn't take I mean, a timeout. 18-9, the shots in the first period, too. For yeah, us. and it awesome wasn't even two. close. It wasn't even close. Yeah. You mentioned it numerous times while we were messaging another turn in the game. Like,
1: Park Regina, was, was just seventy. No back.
0: They were pinching, and they were just – there yeah so many opportunities. Yeah, and Puck Possession was like 70 30 in that first period. Yeah. For in favor of Saskatoon. Yeah. So that's so another quick stat I wanted to add, but yeah. Partner. I mean, it wasn't really even in the first period. They didn't look very good at all. They didn't have a good and this what really got me, and I might have tweeted it out. They didn't have that third forward back. You know, like how systematic teams that are very good, they stick to their structure, their game plan, and I mean they win games that way because you're in solid positioning on the, de- in the defensive end and they're always back right and keep the other team in front of them instead of behind them yep and they didn't really have that third guy back heck sometimes they didn't even have that second guy back their defenseman mm-hmm. sometimes it was like two on one three on ones and i mean when that happened you just picked the goalie apart and that kind of happened right away yep. but i will say though regina got great goaltending there a beautiful two-on-one save there in the third period was it the third or second uh, period? No, it was it the was, second period. Because I'm pretty it, sure Regina just made it 3-2. Yeah, then he made that big save. I knew yeah. it was after a goal. I just forget what period. But, yeah, that was Roddy a big Ross, save by, uh, by uh, Roddy Ross, by the way. Ray. Yeah. Do we put him in our name bracket? Just an honorary name bracket participant. Okay. Wild card. Like the Briar and the Scotties? Wild card name. Ooh. Do we do that add a, a person, add a player from each division in the queue and in the West? Ooh in the dub go up against 20 ohl names yeah oh might have to do yeah let's do we're doing that yeah we're doing it all right good plan next off next off season if or when
1: whatever happens yeah whenever
0: that off season takes place
1: yeah that's That's a new plan
0: yeah and i mean we we went throughout though i'll kind of go through the goals here as we move forward again Joe vanderland on the line on hold right now is uh we get ready to talk OHL return to play, opening the scoring just 56 seconds into the hockey game. Evan Patrician gets his first of the season from Alex Morozov, who, by the way, had a pretty good night for Saskatoon and uh, Blake Stevenson, our game MVP. We'll get to him what a, game. a little bit later on, kind of after we recap the scoring sem- summary then Regina ties it up nine oh nine into the first. Carson Denemy had himself a night. Yeah, His, solid night for him. Yeah, first of three points in the contest, assisted by Cole Dubinsky and Riker Evans. Then Saskatoon strikes twice very quickly. Chase Waters, which by the way, that does not look like Waters. It looks like Wooters. Yeah, a little bit. Spelled W O U T E R S. But I think I've, however, heard, yeah, but I've heard waters before I felt like that. Really? Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm just weird. <laughs> <laughs> he, he scores his first of the season, 1754 into the first period assist from Caden Daly. And then Blake Stevenson gets his first of the night off a turnover. As he broke in all alone on Roddy Ross, beating him on the glove hand side. And this is one I kind of wanted to talk about. And a lot of, analysts and broadcasters bring it up about uh goaltenders on their glove hand side how you see them they've got it out they're ready to go but as the shot comes in hey, the gloves first movement isn't up towards the puck it's down and then back up yeah i was always i was always told like when i was growing up playing goal i was always told have your glove high yeah and so it's easier to go down because anything up high toward your head or out is so tough to stop, even blocker side too. That's I'm mm-hmm. surprised no shooters shoot blocker side because it's so easy to freeze them on the blocker side. You got the stick, it's heavier. I mean, it's not heavy, but it's heavier than your glove side. Yep. But I always, I was always taught start high and then work your way down because it's a lot easier to go down than up. And I just think it's a habit. I honestly think it's like a crutch where you, they don't even realize they're doing it, the mm-hmm. goalie. And it's just, yeah, and it freezes you every time. And you see that a lot, guys come in and snap one. Yep. I think they bite on the snapshot when the guy curls a stick in. I think the goalie naturally is going to go down. Yeah. he thinks the shot's going. Yeah, because I think the shot's going yeah, off the post, and maybe. Yeah, yeah, they think you're going to pick a spot, right? So they naturally, as they go in the butterfly, because no goalies stand up now, right? It's all style. Yeah. So they, they'll go down, but that kind of freezes them. So then you go down naturally with your glove, and then that always rips. Then you rip one over the glove. I was always decent on my glove side. The blocker side, I was. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what I like to do? I, I like to rob guys. of boy. Man, my I brother just, used man. to do that when he used to catch another left-handed catcher. He used to do that hey, when, hey, when a to the pitch would be. I thought he, he caught. He, he'd do, like, if the pitch was kind of way outside, he'd kind of catch it like a goalie. And we're Save. like, come on, we're not playing hockey here. Let's go.
1: Same. Anything chirping. above,
0: you know, like, anything like that. So, like, you know, when, like, a breaking ball. Doesn't break, yeah. or a fastball somehow someone loses control on their fastball. yeah <laughs> Not saying it's an intentional hit a batter, but it goes behind the batter. Yeah. And you know how like you reach out and like it kind of like pulls your shoulder out. Yeah, I used to always do that, I go like that. <laughs> I used to never bring it back to the strike zone because that's a that's dumb awesome. frame. Anyone that for anyone that does that oh, with their that's a Cambridge frame, frame. Just... Cambridge Ontario. Every catcher I knew from Cambridge. No kidding, it. that's annoying. The ball is like in the other batter's box. You like, know they put down the middle, and yeah. it's like. Man, I got called. I got called a strike once for that. The ball was in the other batter's box. The catcher on. brought it in, and they called it a strike. I, oh. like, let's go, man! It's you funny too. just get rung up, just get tossed. It's funny that you bring that up. <laughs> just get in the face. Yeah, his I, did, I did my umpire clinic on Sunday. It was from noon to four, and then I had a little bit of a window before the uh, Pat's Blades game started. And yeah. it was funny because the uh, question had come up and this was all virtual. Like it was across Canada. There's probably 150 to 200 of us on like one super clinic. Just that's the way you have to do it this year, obviously. But that question had come up about dealing with catchers, moving their gloves and, you know, having coaches try and argue that and how to deal with it. Yeah. And it's like, there are so many catchers these days. And this is what's ruining baseball with the coaching that's going on with catchers. Is no matter where it is, you have to move your glove for whatever apparent yeah. reason. It, it could catch the outer third of the plate and they'll yeah. feel the need to move it.
1: Yeah. And it it's makes annoying. me
0: look like a, a word I can't use on this podcast. It may, makes me look, okay, I'll say it. it makes me look like an ass Yeah, when I call it a strike because you can clearly see the glove moving. Yeah. It's like, well, how can you call that? He moved his glove. And then you have to give some explanation. Well, it was a strike yeah. already, but he felt the need to. And it's you it's know, such a pain in the ass. And it's, it's, you know, what's embarrassing? You know, what's embarrassing when you're in net? So you're in net and you go to do that, like make a big glove save, and you go to show it off, but you drop the pocket patch quad. Oh, Patrick, I and love that. Like, yeah, man, he, you just show it off and then you drop it and the whistle's so not blown. It's like, like, yeah, I made a big save. I made a big save. It's like to the net. Yeah, <laughs> That's so embarrassing. I've never done it, but I think that'd be the most embarrassing thing as a goalie.
1: Yeah, to do that. I think that'd be
0: more. I think that'd be that. And I I used to feel so uncomfortable with a dump in from center, those long dump ins right on <laughs> that. Because if it, was short, if it short hops me, I gotta be in the position because if yeah. I'm down, it's, I gotta be down the butterfly to keep it in my chest. Yeah. If I'm up and it goes off, I'm gonna look awkward. Yeah. So you'd always go down the butterfly, but that was always awkward. Those short hops, those long dumpings. you didn't know what it was gonna yeah. do. If you come out and you miss, you don't want to miss the tap Yeah, you don't want that. I used to like slap shots from the center because you don't have time. You just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And just it, trying to get in front of it. One time I got rang right off the mask. Ooh, the first I've done shift. that to a goalie. The first shift of the game, right off the opening face-off, oh, the defenseman got it on his own blue line. Got it on his own blue line. He's a big guy. He's a big, strong defenseman. Yeah. And I remember he just cranked one, like to dump it in, and I was standing there, and I kind, of, and I mean, I went to miss. I kind of misplayed it because I went to like just blocker it up. Yep. And I got lucky because it was going right toward my throat, right. So like that's why I tried to do that,
1: and do I have tipped to wear it up protect? right off.
0: Yeah, you had to wear one. Yeah and neck guard but i mean that doesn't really No, but i mean like, like the plastic thing from your yeah pants. yeah i always wore those it yeah. just because of that <laughs> yeah, yeah so fun. i was worried i was worried about that so i kind of like went down and i didn't turn away from it but i kind of like did one of like the shoulder things but i accidentally got it in that side of the head instead and i was like Ooh. ringing dang. i was ringing for so. Answer the long. phone yeah i was like <laughs> my head was ringing probably for the rest of the game it wasn't good dang now now if that happened you you have to get pulled probably. Oh, concussion protocol for sure. 100%. Yeah, 100%. for sure. Yeah. But that's an interesting uh, goalie. Yeah, as we so got it went, went, from to, as okay. went from glove to as you went from glove to head contact. To umpiring into head contact. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay. to the second period. This is where Regina got back in the game, made it 3-2. Carson Denemy is second of the contest and of the season, assisted by number 98. The exceptionally talented Connor Bedard, as well as and, Drew Anglot. And we might, I might ask Joel this too when he gets on. Do you think do you think Connor Bedard is like, I know it's only two games, but do you think he's the best exceptional status player you saw so far? Wow. Because McDavid was really good. McDavid was really good. Tavares was really good. I mean, they're I mean they're exceptional talent, but Shane I mean, Right. Yeah, but you gotta remember, uh, Kingston also didn't start off as hot last year with Shane Wright, due to the fact they didn't have, uh, they didn't kick until after World Juniors, and that when they got Martin Cromieac, yeah, and Z wisdom on that line with I mean, Ooh. those three guys were humming, and I think that's what Regina needs to do. I think if you're Regina, you kind of Kingston for on actually a little yeah, bit. You, can. you know, you don't have to contact and you watch a video on Kingston. Watch Kingston at the start of the year, and then watch him after the World. Watch them before the season got postponed last year and watch them after the world juniors, how much they improved because they found a line. And I noticed a lot, a lot of guys that a lot of guys on Regina are having a hard time playing with Bedard because he's so skilled on that third line. Maybe it's time you just put the first line, Connor Bedard, right away. Yeah. I mean, what are, what are the expectations this year? They started off one and nine last year to start the season in Regina. What are the expectations this year? So you might as well throw out yeah. Cog Bedard on that top line. They're, they're in the same in situation Detroit. as Detroit, to be honest. It's not yeah. you're not expecting to win, but you're expecting Definitely. improvement. Yeah. One and nine, and again, I don't know is not that happens. Even two and eight, that's improvement. Not a lot. Hey, but if, if Regina, if Regina starts off 0 and five
1: this year, they're done. They're not making the playoffs.
0: No, not so, a chance. Just because. Just because of the with the amount of games being so short this year, you start off 0 and five.
1: Yeah.
0: Next thing you know, you got 19 games to go, and yeah. I mean, yeah. what are the chances? Right. If you start off, if you start off one and nine, what are the chances? So I think it's worth the odds to put Connor Bedard up there because he's clearly the best player through two games.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, 100 percent. Denemy Denemy's good. I think those two together would be nice, but. Yeah. I was thinking about that last night. I was, watching a, I was watching an NHL game, and then I was watching the Michigan-Ohio State game. I hate to bring that up because it wasn't good. But um, as you re smiles,
1: <laughs> save
0: it, save it. Oh, go blue box, or go basket, home? Basketball, football, we'll talk. So um, what I was saying was, Connor Bedard, I was watching football the football coach isn't up. delusional. That's true, and we know how to recruit. Very true. <laughs> and so I was watching those other games, and I was watching shooters. Get like take shots and I was especially watching the nhl too ottawa toronto was on and i was watching a couple of guys shoot and they got some skilled guys austin matthews and uh, austin matthews has probably one of the best shots in the nhl right now yeah you watch you watch those guys shoot the puck and i watched Connor bedard shoot the puck at 15 years old i mean it's very similar i think if you put Connor bedard in an nhl in an nhl shootout so it's just you and the goalie wide open space right now if you put him in that situation the NHL wide open. I think he scores eight out of ten times. And I don't think it's crazy to say that because he's so skilled in his shot, his shots are second to none right now. And I mean the puck explodes off his stick. It reminds me a lot for OHL fans. It kind of reminds you of a cole perfetti how quick the how quick his release is or a Connor McMichael how he can get the puck off the wall on his not even his one time one time side like how Connor guards yep. like on Regina. But we can walk off, walk off the wall and really load up in a bury it on the far side or sneak it over the blocker. Yeah. And Connor Bedard has an amazing shot. It's lethal. Yeah, and we're on the topic of Bedard. He's the one that tied the game for the Pats on the power play at 11-12 of the third period. So midway through, we're kind of looking at it. And Sat- Saskatoon really hadn't gotten too, too much going for them. There was, what, one shot on goal by the Pats – like yeah. between both teams midway through the third and then they got their power play and then they ended up scoring. But it's like you're trying to find chemistry. That's why I think you yeah. can do that with Bedard now early because you don't really have time to think of chemistry this year. You kind of got to save your season, yeah. right? Yep. 24 games, not a whole lot of time, but uh, yeah. not a whole lot of time in between these two goals. Only 14 seconds. Blake Stevens <laughs> gets his second of the game, making it four three at the 1235 mark. Alex Mara, Morozov from Blake Stevenson as i mentioned 14 seconds later made it 5 to 3 in favor of the Blades and they added one more Tristan Robbins who man out the snipe. Wow. Tristan wow. Robbins he can skate wow. I was I was going back and forth with Matt Rowe on this on Twitter about how upset he was about that trade between the Pats and the Blades with the Saskatoon yeah. Blades getting Dawson Davidson as well as Tristan Robbins in that deal. So, yeah, I'd mentioned to Excellent him. Like, yeah, he's the guy where if he, he a doesn't have round the pick. greatest shot, he doesn't have the greatest hands, but if he can yeah. skate, that's a start. And that's what Detroit, the Red Wings, that's what they always did. Well, they were making the playoffs 25 years in a row. They would draft skaters and teach them how well, to play hockey. And that's just the way it was. And you saw how well it worked well, yeah. out. They made the playoffs 25 years in a row. Well, especially now, you look at the you look at the elite NHL players. I mean, the way the games changed to so that youth movement, you got to be able to skate now. It's skating and something else. You got to be good at now. Yeah. Everyone's a good skater to be in the NHL. I mean, Tristan Robbins. You put that shot that he took that he took on that goal too off the wall. Yeah, that was a snipe on the right side shot at it across it, across the cross cross crease, right the goalie's blocker. I believe that was a, that was a rip. I mean, yeah. he knew what he was doing with the puck when he was going into the O-zone. He knew there. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at this game, it could have easily been 9-3 to in favor of the Blades because after after Regina made it 3-2, at that point in the game, Saskatoon hit three posts from that point yeah. on the rest of the game. It easily could have been 9-3. I'm not saying Roddy Ross looked phenomenal out there, obviously, because those three extra shots did beat him, despite them not really counting as shots. But, you know, it could have easily been 10-3, 11-3 with yeah. some of those plays saskatoon coming the, uh, into the regina zone and just uh, tweeted about it roddy ross big save on the glove hand side on the two-on-one there's another couple opportunities with a scramble in front where he was able to get the pad down on the ice make the save and eh, even the first goal for saskatoon and this one was lucky because guy coming down the wing i can't remember who it was might have been steven stevenson or uh Morozov that came down and fanned on the shot. It made its way to Ross, but then Regina had two opportunities to clear it and they just couldn't clear it far enough away from the net. And then it was obviously patrician uh, putting in the rebound. Didn't really go into the back of the net, just snuck inside the post on the, on the blocker side of Ross. But yeah, to add about Robbins, Robbins now has two goals in both games. Now he scored one the night before against Swift current too. eight shots on goal. He has in two games. And two goals, that's solid, eh? Yeah, that's 25% shooting percentage. Yeah, that's solid. 12 faceoff wins in the two games, too. Yeah, well, you you want guys that can win draws, I can tell yeah, you that. Yeah, control the puck.
1: Plus, when you can skate like that. Yeah.
0: The lone bright spot for the Regina Pats, I would say, their power play, Yeah. really good. Oh, They were Lethal. set up right away. They had their system Lethal. in place. They Did knew you? to look for Bedard. I know that's, you know, might be singling him out, but hey, I do he, it. Yeah, he He's a fifteen-year-old, not running a power play, but he's a very integral part of that power play, and it yeah. showed last night because they were two for two. Yeah, and the young guys in the WHL are having a good start. The fifteen-year-olds, but I'm um, yeah, I agree with you there. Kind of end there the segment with a positive note. Yeah, Regina. I mean, great on the power play. They do the puck around well too. And
1: yeah.
0: I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but it's kind of like watching the post trade deadline that Agri Ice Dogs last year. Watching Regina, you get. I mean, the Ice Dogs go to the power play. Yeah. And they scored. I mean, the Ice Dogs power play I think was fine. I mean, sometimes I thought guys were in the wrong spot, but I mean, oh well, young team, that's gonna happen. But like you had Lotnia Roberts. I mean, Cam Butler. You had pieces. Yeah. You had pieces there. So, I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit of how uh, the Niagara Ice Dogs look in the OHL, for OHL listeners. Yeah. Well, and you, you also have to look at it from the perspective of the Regina Pats hosted the Memorial Cup in 2018, yeah. right? So, you're not expecting them to compete for a championship two, three years later. But they're almost... Gets to the two years. Because, well, it, it's been... It's 2021, and you think about the Niagara Ice Dogs chasing a Mem Cup in 2016, lost to London in the finals. They were right back at it in 2018 19. They are retooled, they were ready to go, and they'd made a push for an OHL championship first time in franchise history. Pushed for Memorial yeah. Cup berth in Halifax, didn't happen. Lost to Oshawa in the second round. A lot of teams ran it. That was, here, a, that was a That was much a fun year. Turnaround than I expected. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I used to always the Ice Dogs having their process, having all those picks in the draft last year and this, and this year coming, okay. whenever that is, that's nice. Maybe after the break, I'll quickly uh, read the amount of picks they acquired last year from the trade book. But it's second to none. <laughs> well, how many I can go grab
1: it.
0: Eight, nine. Yeah, nine a ridiculous Eight. amount. Yeah, I'll read it. I'll read it quick after the break. Yeah. Oh yeah. Else feature- Joel. Yeah, Joel. Joel's in the Been on hold quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah. We've gone. Oops. 28 minutes in this first segment. We weren't expecting. are not expecting we are going overtime. We're we're going overtime today. Yeah. There's just quite a bit to talk about from the game last night that stood out to us and that we found interesting. And I know Matt Rowe uh, will have his say after he listens to this on Twitter. And we always appreciate his opinion because, well, he knows the Regina Pats a lot better than we do. And I'm sure he knows the Saskatoon blades pretty well as well. So. Um, that was our take on the featured game. Again, six to three, the Saskatoon blades beat the Regina Pats on Sunday, March 14th, as the WHL opens their season and we are jealous, Big but time. we're optimistic. My hopes aren't high because I know the Ontario government, I know they're not the brightest tools in the tool shed. We've had, Disagreements with what they've done throughout this pandemic, we've we've had battled with Lisa McLeod with certain (laughs) emails and letters, letters (laughs) Mister Ward has sent to her. But this news seems encouraging this week, and uh, yeah, (laughs) and yeah, uh, we will get to that finally after the break. As we are joined by Joel Vanderland, he is the Ice Dogs insider now, kind of took over for me a little bit, but he writes articles instead of appears on camera, despite. Me having a face for radio. So uh we will get to all of the OHL headlines, return to play, hub cities, because that's pretty big. In and, today's I have the, news. Can- and I'll have the and I'll have the picks for you too for the ice dogs. You will, quiet. You will. so that'll all take place next here on the Owen60 Podcast. This is the Owen60. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Owen60 Pod. For all the latest updates and news from around the OHL. Welcome back to the Owen60 Podcast. I'm Reese Demania, along with Colin Ward. As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at the Owen60 Podcast. It's got the link tree up, and uh, you can find everything. You can find the podcast, you can find the website, you can find every social media platform that we're on. Again, at the Owen60 Podcast. Before we get to all of the very intriguing headlines from the Ontario government and from the Ontario Hockey League, just a couple of things to touch on before we get there. And first off, I got to give a shout out to the man behind the mic last night between, uh, between the Regina Pats and Saskatoon blades. We thought we were going to get Phil Andrews in this broadcast, the voice of the Regina Pats for the 10th season this year, but, uh, Regina wasn't home, so we got the home radio feed. That was courtesy of Les Lazaric. So, shout out to him. Called the game alone and did a phenomenal job at it. So, Les, shout out to you. Great game behind the mic uh, two nights ago. But uh, you you teased this before, Colin. The Niagara Ice Dogs picks. And we'll welcome in Joel Vanderland because, well, he kind of does – stuff for the ice dogs and does a great job doing it joel what's up man i know it's nfl free agency and you're yeah. pumped but take a break from that we're gonna talk hockey for a
1: bit thanks for having me i'm always uh delighted to be on the podcast and uh eagles broncos top. next year Go, okay. yeah all right 40's so.
0: already uh man that's as likely that. as a michigan ohio state big 10 championship game it's not gonna happen well ohio state will be there so philadelphia <laughs> be well, there yeah <laughs>
1: Wow. I'm, not,
0: I'm discarding, I'm discarding right. my team. I, I'm discarding my team's. I'm discarding my team's seven and nine record. <laughs> nah, that's let's not go there. No, no, let's go box. No. Go box, guys. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Just change the channel. Watch the replay of the Saturday game. That's all I do on Sundays. All yeah. right, Colin. What do you got? Niagara Ice Dogs. So. Pit. We have the picks that they added last year at the deadline. The Niagara Ice Dogs did. They traded Kian Sopa, Phil Tomasino, Akil Thomas. I mean, they traded Kian Sopa before the deadline, but those are three big pieces they parted ways with last year. And I mean, it turned out to be pretty good picks. I mean, it's a game-changing play. And I mean, you kind of look at the Pat, Regina path We teased that, how they're kind of similar. I mean, maybe the path need one of these years this year in the offseason, but they can trade that many guys and get this many picks. So... The Niagara Ice Dogs added last year at the trade deadline, picks-wise. The 2022 second-round pick, a 2023 third-round pick, a 2022 eighth-round pick, a 2020 second-round pick. Joel, that turned out to be Leonard, Alec Leonard from?
1: Yeah, Leonard. uh, Yeah. So So Leonard Leonard was 27th
0: pick. So at 27 was Alec Leonard, great pick. Um, 2021, a second-round pick. 2023, second-round pick. 2023 second round pick, 2023 third round pick, 2024 second round pick, 2024 third round pick, 2020 or 2022 fourth round pick, 2024 fourth round pick, a 2020 second round pick. And that turned it down to be Bryce Cook from the Oshawa generals in the Phil Tomasino deal. Uh, 2022 second round pick. We changed the page. Uh, 2022 third round pick, 2024 fourth round pick, 2022 6 round pick, and that's the only 60 trade deadline book from last year. Just pretty to kind of Niagara give dogs, people out you. there like Matt Rowe an idea of what kind of trades go down in the Ontario <laughs> Hockey League because the ice to dogs, change the your franchise. franchise. Yeah, the ice dogs did the exact same thing the year before. Uh, they went out and got Jason Robertson, who is doing actually pretty well for the Dallas Stednica. Stars this season. Um, that was along with Jacob Paquette, they got from Kingston, and they sent. Nico was a big one. Yeah, they got Stussard Broussard. and Matt Broussard from the Oshawa Generals and then lost them in the playoffs. That was a real – that was a that fun that punch. punch. But um, that's yeah. 17 picks, by the way, they acquired at the deadline. Yeah. 17 picks. You're changing half your, over half your roster. 17 picks, and they traded okay. away four players? Three. Three? Yeah. Ian Sopa, Philip Tomasino, and Akil Thomas. Yep. So those are big.
1: That's huge.
0: eh? You change your your franchise with that. And by the way, Phil Tomasino, quick uh, talk on that. Yeah. Because Nashville's got to make a decision. Nashville needs to make the decision. He has 11 points in 11 games right now in the American Hockey League with the Chicago Wolves. They split Carolina and Nashville. or are splitting their HL affiliate this year in Chicago with the Wolves. Phil Tomasino's on the first line. He had a very nice goal last night. Interrupted the feature game, but, I mean, (laughs) had to share it. Hey, we we got a like out of it from the Wolves. We're good. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Chicago Wolves. Appreciate that. But uh, 11 11 points in 11 games for Phil Tomasino. Joel, you covered the Belleville Senators before you covered the Niagara Ice Dogs. You know how tough it is for a young guy to score in the American Hockey League coming in their first year like that. 11 games to have 11 points is incredible. That's Trevor Zegers-type numbers, what he was doing in San Diego. Do you think the National Predators got to call him up, or do they send him back to Oshawa with the rumors – Coming. I mean, players are coming back to Canada from Europe. I mean, Francesco Pinelli. They are finally coming sure. back this week. Yes. Yep. No campfires talk. Um, so it's it's there. I mean, the guys are I coming back now. Do you think they call him up? Because I mean, Philip Zadina in Detroit struggled right away in Grand Rapids. He didn't really, he didn't, he had the talent, but he didn't put up the numbers like you're seeing from Phil Tomasino. Phil Tomasino controls the play when he's out there for the Wolves. So you got a decision to make, right?
1: It's I think it's kind of a, yeah. I think it's kind of a two part thing. I think first they're gonna they're gonna kind of look and see what the OHL is planning to do. How many games? Um, body contact. Body contact. Hub cities. Flesh that yeah. all out. And the other thing is, is Nashville selling at the deadline? If they move out of Nick Cousins, if they move out. Victor Arvinson's a guy we've seen on on Sportsnet headlines, maybe he's a guy that they mentioned Elliot Friedman said might be on the move. If those guys are on the move out, yeah. it, it clears spots, but it also kind of, uh, you can't shelter Phil Tomasino anymore either. So it's kind yeah, of a, a give and take on that.
0: That's the thing, and plus that entry level deal. If you're out of it, do you waste that year? But another thing is, you don't have those other guys coming up next year. I mean, Askaroff, by the end of next year could be pushing for that goaltending spot, if Rene decides to part ways at the end of the year. I mean, who's going to be the backup goalie next year, right? They have, they have the former uh, Marley goaltender, there too,
1: Cap- Tapkusulo. Yeah,
0: yeah, Tapkusulo. So they have him. All three Finns, eh, a goaltender there. Quick, uh, finish that. <laughs> Saros Rene and uh Casca so I mean,
1: I think a big thing is, be, see see
0: is see just how the HL, going to be,
1: yeah, yeah, and he's playing pro already, right? Like, yeah, that, that's something that I think kind of gets uh the age is what it is, but he's been playing pro hockey in, in yeah. a very good league in, in the KHL, and plus, all tennis
0: are different than forwards, yeah, so for sure, yeah, contact. yeah. Well, in this talking about Phil Tomasino and what the Nashville Predators do just and I know Joel you're a Flyers fan, Philadelphia everything pretty much. And we had kind of – Colin and I kind of had this yeah, discussion um, before we started recording this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Zade McCarty. Wisdom mm-hmm. You're the Flyers. You don't yeah. want him back in Kingston. Does, Zayn no, doesn't want to go back. That would Quick. not help him whatsoever. Sorry to interrupt here, but Kingston doesn't want him. But, I mean, Zayde doesn't want to go back to Kingston. Kingston obviously wants him back, but Zayn doesn't want to go back. He's getting yeah. paid. He's getting AHL money well, right now. I mean, no, besides the fact of him getting paid, I'm sure he would like an opportunity to win with the Flyers, right, and um, all of the young talent that the Kingston Frontenacs have, Chromiak, like, I'm sure he would enjoy that aspect of it. But in terms of him having an opportunity to make the Philadelphia Flyers, whether it's next year or the year after, just why send him back to the O? That makes no sense. But you have to because he can't stay in the A.
1: That's the thing. No man's land, right? Yeah. He, he's a fourth round pick. I, I mean, he what he's doing in the AHL is incredible, but he's not cracking the Flyers lineup. Yeah. It's just not it's just not happening right now. And i mean he, it's our it's kind of hard to fathom right the way he's playing on the top line in lehigh valley he's scoring yeah, yeah. He's playing special teams well, it's yeah you give yeah, the
0: nine games that's the difference the between that's the difference between the preds and flyers right the preds they're going down going down, down downward trajectory where the flyers they're up at the top, trying to compete for playoff series wins and a Stanley Cup finals appearance and ultimately a Stanley Cup. And I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this at all about rumors or anything, but the Flyers need defense. Joel, you know that they need defense. Yeah. How many teams do you think are calling about Zade Wisdom as a return at the deadline? You think, I mean, the Flyers gave him the max, they think high on him. And I mean, I don't think it happens because I think he's a Philadelphia Flyer. When you look, watch him play, you look at him, he fits that system to a T. But how many teams do you think are looking at Zade Wisdom for a return? Because he clearly has value right now in the prospects system. I mean, would he be in the top 10 already for the Flyers prospects pool, Joel?
1: I think so. I think because another thing you got to think about too with the Flyers is they've, they've had a lot of graduates out of their prospect pool. Yeah. They got a lot of young guys in the NHL right now that have recently graduated. I mean, Carter Hart should still be – a prospect. If you look at the age, right? So yeah. I think uh they kind of excelled on that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think he's a guy that, if Nashville's talking at home, maybe I'm not saying yeah. they are, but I, I think Zayd Wisdom's a name they would they would very much want to acquire in any yeah,
0: prospects. Because right now it's all picks, but I think prospects wise in Philadelphia's system, you just look at it. I mean, there's guys there, but I mean you're not going to be able to trade a guy like Cam York's Cam York's your future defenseman, but wisdom might be available. I mean, he's a great piece, but I just say I don't think it happens. I just threw that out there. I don't think he gets traded at all. Zade wisdom. I think he is a, I think he a Philadelphia flyer. I think he fits the T of the Philadelphia flyers organization. He basically, I think he could be the heart of that team. I think he brings what Claude Giroux brought with that grit. I mean, every night you know what you're going to get from him. He's an everyday, which I think is big. And that's what Philadelphia is—the city appreciates that so much. As you know, I mean, you have a bad game, the fans are all over you. Have a good game, the fans are all over you. You <laughs> scored two goals, you should have scored three, type city. So yeah, I mean, I don't. I think he fits that team to, to the team, but I don't know. I just threw that out there just because. I, I mean, mean, he might. He might be a guy that might have interest from other teams at the deadline. I mean, I would almost put Zayd' Wisdom ahead of another former OHL or former captain of the Kitchener Rangers, Connor Bunneman, who a lot of people in the Ontario Hockey League have watched him play. And of course, Colin and I, we played against him in baseball. He was a Guelph Royal. in his kitchen before. I played, yeah, boy. I played in uh, Cambridge and Brantford. Like, we we don't know him, but we know him. Yeah, we've had conversations with him, but when you look at him, he's not putting up points. He's, you know, a little bit tough start to his professional career and Zaid Wisdom's just kind of like, I'm going to flash you on the Zay. list and uh, yeah. you might be traded. I'm not saying like that is a bad thing. That's just, that's what's been happening. Connor Bunneman, former OHLer, yeah. thought it might be relevant, but
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Organizational depth, right? Yeah. You, yeah.
0: Yeah, if anyone's looking for a uh, center or left winger, Connor Bunneman might be on the table. You never know. He's still 22, right? So might be one of those late bloomers in professional hockey. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Never truly know. Um, All right. It's kind of gone through the headlines a little bit. Uh, Oh, actually, one more to get to, uh, get out of the way. Cedric Andre played in his first game. And we're recording this on Monday. So technically he plays tonight, but this is released on Tuesday. So he had yeah. already made his debut, but Cedric Andre getting his first action uh, with the Belleville Senators. Of course, the game went down last night. Yeah. Just thought we'd touch on that and give him
1: a Not, little bit of a That's another note, one interesting thing. Centers. He's yeah. in no way. Yeah. does Belleville keep him. Do yeah. you think that's going to get him yeah. a tryout? Do you think that's why he's playing? He's not.
0: He's not signed, right? It's still just an ATO. Yeah, he signed ATO. He's Signed. Oh, it's
1: not. I thought he yeah, signed. I
0: thought it was an ATO.
1: Okay, who signed ATO him? right now? But
0: does that does take goalie get... over the O ATO, or does he have to be signed? He's got to be signed. I think. I'm pretty sure he has to be signed. That that, that like we'd have to search through the agreement. Also, take all night, but also the backup goal. The backup goalie in that game is Ty Austin. Peterborough Pete, who would for sure go back to the Peterborough Peats. Yeah, so I maybe mean, without a goalie. Yeah, they'd have a rookie goalie, so probably wouldn't go yeah. well. But yeah, yeah, Hunter Jones still looking for that first win in the American Hockey League. Yeah. Shout out to guest number one on the podcast. A great episode. <laughs> it was. It was truly a great episode. But uh, to the main topic of today, and this is really not nothing's official. There's been no start date announced for the third time. There's been no hub city details. There's been no really formal announcement. There's been rumors and that's it. So my high, my hopes aren't high knowing that we've gone through this twice and nothing's come of it. I know Colin's pretty hyped, Joel, you're probably pretty, pretty hyped starting to want to put more ice dogs content out there seeing, um, the all the great articles that you put out uh during the 2019 2020 season more of a 2019 season but uh i have the global news article up and i think calling hey. the london free press uh, yeah. article up from uh, ryan Payette does a great job covering the london knights and i know a big fan of mike farwell those guys have a lot of fun when they see each other in their buildings but uh, hey Ryan Payette is a huge, huge fan of Cotton Eye Joe and Guelph. <laughs>
1: huge joey has got a message
0: when we bring it Loves it. Love it. Every time, eh? um, Loves it. But essentially, this article, and again, as I do for everything, I'm not going to read all the way through it, just kind of highlight all of the important points here. So Lisa McLeod, of course, she's the Minister of Sport and Tourism and a bunch of other crap that I don't really care about. Um, said that she is more confident than ever about a shortened OHL season coming together and coming to fruition and getting underway. She said that there's still a couple of sticking points to kind of have sorted out before they can drop the puck. And we'll get into those things that they're kind of debating um, as we go out throughout this segment. And we'll kick off the first point right now. And this is a direct quote. Uh, from global from Lisa McLeod saying one is to make sure that referees and officials that are on ice are committed to a bubble. And that is something I believe we're still working on with the public health and the OHL. So that we'll, we'll discuss yep. that now, OHL officials. And I know all three of us were big fans of Darcy Birchell. I know we <laughs> love seeing him on the ice. We love it, but officials are pretty important in hockey
1: yeah and plus hey another thing to add to it is
0: officials have families coaches have families right so they're in the bubble I mean it's a big commitment to leave your family for that long I mean nobody really knows right yeah that's a big commitment for people to leave their family like that so maybe something happens there but I would hope I would think that that wouldn't be as big as a concern I the biggest thing to me is not knowing about certain hub of these certainty, like, by now, because it kind of puts you behind the eight ball a little bit mm-hmm. of there's no certainty. That kind of scares me more than the officials, because I feel like there, there's going to be enough officials. Because officials, you get a lot of credibility if you're an official, if you're going to risk that much to go to the bubble and continue to do your job like that. I mean, NHL, NHL refs change too every year. AHL refs change every year. Guys are looking to move up. Guys from the NHL or from the OHL are looking to move up to those professional ranks in the referee department. They have scouts. They see that referees, what they do. They watch their games. They see their talent level, similar to players. So if that happens, I can very well see guys be on board for that because talk about the opportunity you have if you ref a bubble this year, if you're in a certain hub. You have such a good opportunity for the future of your refing career. Because NHL teams are going to see that, AHL teams are going to see that, and hopefully get an opportunity to rise up to the ranks like that. Yeah, well, and that's that's also also have to think about too. Is in the WHL, we talk about Phil Andrews, we talk about all of the broadcasters. They're leaving their families too, and I know that's not a yeah. Yeah, that's not a priority for the government or the Ontario Hockey League to make sure that they have radio broadcasts. I'm not saying that that's a priority to get the season going, but it's the exact same situation. And even for you, Joel, you never know. You cover the team, right? Who knows what the protocols will be for you if you're allowed to enter yeah. the arena. Cause they're not, what? they're not going to put every media member that covers the team into a bubble. Jordan Musa, probably the exception mainly because yeah. she gets paid to do her job and do social media and um, say the sales aspect of things. But in terms of say you or I or Colin, Who knows what it's going to be like for us if, you know, we're able to
1: enter the arenas. Well, that's the thing. Is it, is it all or nothing? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's you're in the bubble. That's it. Well, for media, for media,
0: for media, a lot of media that don't cover teams would have to pay to enter the bubble. I would imagine. Yeah. Something because you wouldn't be able to go. You wouldn't be able to just go uh, with a team because, the teams are there, right? You'd have to pay to go in your yeah. certain bubble, whatever bubble you go to. I would imagine that would be the case because the government funding like that, right, is going to be through the roof if they had to do that. And I think they're trying to minim- I mean, minimize the amount of uh, money they got to spend. I mean, that would be the logical thing to do, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's, it's really tough. I know the guys in Belleville that, that broadcast the games for CJBQ can't even get to Ottawa to call the games. They're they're not in the bubble. And and you hope
0: that's not the case because the product the product value for in the OHL when teams radio or TV stay in their home station and on road games, the product value goes down. It goes down yeah. bad. I mean, and I think you can clearly tell they're not at the game and I mean, you're not interested in the games. Quite frankly, you are disinterested. I mean, we could do one here and do the exact same thing on CHL TV. Now we could do the exact same thing, like what they're doing. Cause in, you can clearly tell. And I mean, it would be terrible. Pro- it would be a terrible product to do that because it's not interest. You don't get the same sound. You don't get that feed, you know, you don't no. get the sense of what's going on on the ice, which is unfortunate. And I mean, that's tough for the media, but media can adapt, right? I mean, it's just part of the job, I guess, but yeah, for radio and stuff, it, you would hope they'd be allowed to go to the Belleville, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a tough thing. And luckily for for the Sens, they're in Ottawa. They have TSN right there, TSN 1200, and they they're picking up, they pick them up picking up the games and, and simulcasting that's them nice. into Belleville, which is great. And it, it, you just feel for the guys that I mean, yeah, they, they they live for this, right? And and they they want to progress in their careers too, and, and they want to call games exactly. And, a lot like the officiating, everyone, everyone, everyone that covers the
0: OHL is trying to work for that ultimate goal. I mean, to move up in the ranks to another league. I mean, hopefully, you'll find something out of it. That's that's what everybody looks for, I would think. Yeah, like it, in the, the OHL. CHL I mean, there's some guys that are around for every aspect is development, front yeah, office, hockey ops, players, media, everything. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the league. It's a development league, and I mean, there's some guys. There are some guys in the in the OHL that have been to professional leagues I mean Mike Stubbs in Calgary Mike Stubbs is a professional broadcaster he'd be I mean him and Jim Van Horn run a professional broadcast I'd say in London on the radio I mean it's pretty tough to top what they do I mean it's pretty solid they uh, what they do but I'm trying to think there's a lot of guys that are older veteran radio guys that are came down but for the majority of the part you have guys that are work that are striding to get better and improve to different leagues in every, I mean, that's the beauty of the league. I hope that they get the opportunity to be able to move up like that because it's very unfortunate to not be at gain and witness that bubble because it's so big for your career to go through that. I think because you learn something. Yeah, hundred percent. And even just bringing it back to officials as we close out yeah. this first argument, you think about it, and officials, they don't live off of officiating OHL games. It's just, you, no. you don't Yeah, do that's it. another thing, their jobs. It's like yeah. the CFL. It's like yeah. the Canadian Football League. Like, and I'm thinking Ryan Harrison, president, CEO of the Well and Jackfish, yeah. and as well as Brent Colum. I can't remember yeah. if they're referees or linesmen. I'd have to look it up. But both of them are a big part of the Welland Jackfish and what they do. Um, in the Intercounty Baseball League, and would they? And I'm not saying this would interfere with the IBL, you never truly know. I don't think it would, but in terms of them not being able to be at home or not being able to go into Welland Stadium and you know, kind of live out how they make like how that helps them live their life and help pay the bills and stuff like that, it's a matter of oh, you're gonna have to leave your daytime job. If you're really committed to doing this. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. That's a great point. Just wanted to bring that around full circle. That's another thing too. I think you'll see a lot of, a lot more younger officiating. Once you get in between, you won't, I don't know if you'll see many of those guys this year, just because they have jobs. Right. But those young officials, those younger officials that are trying to move up into like the professional ranks, who are very serious about it. We'll probably try it. We'll probably try the bubble they got them, they, yep. they think they can make something out of their career and it's a big deal and that's their plan I mean I respect that I mean it's their plan good luck but and then you might see on the other hand a lot of veteran officials that have been around for a while who are just uh, roughing games they're just yeah. roughing games they're on the back nine of their career they're going up 18 <laughs> I like that they're, they're back g- nine I like that <laughs> yeah you like that I, I figured <laughs> you guys would back but yeah they're on the back nine of their career they're going up 18 I mean they can see the 18th green. Let's just say that. They can see the 18th green golf golf term. You can tell I'm ready for golf. Nice. But they That'd can be... see the 18th green. They're almost done. They're on the back of their career. They, I mean, they're just, they're going to be there. Those type of officials you will see this year in the OHL. Also, you may see some guys that have a chance to move up the ranks from junior B levels. If well, may, and that's the next point I was. That's going to, the thing though. They are working. How many officials go into the bubble? And if there's not enough, like you said, Colin, GOJHL yes. referees, will this be their opportunity? If enough refs say no, so you need a you need at least eight. That's two crews. That's what I was thinking. officials. I say three. I say I say you'd have ten refs. I I would say ten refs. So five and five. You have three five games. referees. If, five linesmen. Yep, and you have because you have three games that way. That it doesn't. It gives the one you rotate games, so one guy will have the one back, person do two games. Well, so, not so if you're playing two. If you're playing two games a day, right? It'd only be two games a day, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it'd be nice to have an off day, so you're not going every other yeah, day, right? So true. you go, you just rotate games, and then you don't have this. You don't have the same official every game, which it can be annoying. Yeah, especially, and I mean, yeah, like well, how in the major, major leagues last year, you'd take umpires with you on the plane, and you'd have them for multiple series in a row. Like, yeah. you just want to see somebody else. Yeah, and that's where you won't have with ten, because you'll be annoying every other game you have the same officiating. Yeah. especially, especially because refs are smart. Refs know tendencies. Ref no, refs know when a player kind of goes down. I'm not saying this happens a lot in the OHL, but it happens in the OHL. Okay. But guys know how to. Guys know the refs. I mean, they oh, know yeah, if they can, they, they know if they can go down a little bit easier. They know if they can throw their head back on a on a borderline high stick, they'll get that call. They know they they'll get the ticky tack calls. They'll look for that because, and that's the part where it'll be frustrating. But that's where it's nice to have three officiating crews, and they're always together. They're in their own hub. You yeah. have the same crew. You won't have you won't have let's say the tenth invited referee with like the second. You won't have that one and two together, three and four together, five and six together. Yeah. That's what it would be like. They're there for the majority of the bubble. And I think in that case, you're going to have a lot of guys make their way up to the OHL and that reffing association. I mean, I don't know. if You yeah, might have to look at Junior B, give them a chance. And that would be interesting. Honestly, I'd be very, I'd be involved on that. I'd love to watch that just to see how a ref looks in a game. I mean, game speed's a lot faster. Well, yeah. But that, stuff like that's going to be interesting. Are they in position? Do they have a quick whistle? Yep. I mean, we saw that last night with the quick whistle with Regina Saskatoon game, or two nights ago now in the featured game. The quick whistle, that was a goal, but the puck, I mean, the intent to blow the whistle, I guess, right? Yeah. That's what they call it. I think that was a ruling, too. I looked at, I tried to look at like the media guide, and it said uh, intent to blow the whistle.
1: Mm. Okay. So that kind of, yeah.
0: yeah. I hate that. That happened last year in Niagara, too. Last year in Niagara, Niagara, Ottawa. Niagara should have tied it, sent it to overtime meridian was going nuts. And uh Cam Butler's You're mad about this. Like- You're not even an Ice Dogs fan. You're mad about this. <laughs> well, I don't like I don't like I don't like poor officiating. You know sure. that. Yeah. <laughs> I and I don't like the NHL officiating this year, by the way. But
1: nobody Butler's, does
0: Cam Butler score so much ticky tack, but Cam Butler scores from the corner. It was like a bad angle goal, and it clearly went in the net. But uh the ref blew the whistle. And as the horn was going off, but the puck was in the net because they were already celebrating. Literally, the goal light was on. It was like it was like two goal light one. It was literally like that. It was a goal. It was a goal. But after review, no goal. The call on the ice was overturned for some reason. And I just remember hearing that thing. Oh, the ref had the intent to blow the whistle, but the puck went right through him. And that sent Meridian Center through the roof. Joel, I don't. Reset. I don't know if you were there for that one. I Iowa wasn't game, there for that one, no. But Joel, do you remember how wild the Radiance up It was clearly a goal. It was clearly a goal. But unfortunately, that's another game that costs. And Christian Sprawley played incredible in that game. But that's a game that costs the Ice Dogs a point because of the intent to blow the whistle. So I just wanted to bring that up quickly intent to blow the whistle. I'm not a fan of that. And that's mm-hmm. how I saw it affect our league last year. All right. Ne- game. Next point. And this is another thing they're trying to work out again, quote from a cloud. The other, this being the point, the other point is to make sure that the athletes, when they do arrive at a hub city, it's kind of giving away, there's going to be hub cities for anyone out there and enter yeah. the bubble will be safe and healthy because we don't want to have a super spreader event. Kind of like what happened yeah. with the QMJHL, even though they didn't have bubbles, but so and this has been. This was something we kind of talked about during the break, uh, when Joel logged on. Was how do they work this? Are they just going to draw a line and say, "Yep, it's divisions. We don't care how far you have to travel. Divisions go to the city," or will it be a geographical arrangement of teams? Because for Erie, it makes sense. Their division is in southern Ontario, where they take a two-hour trip a little bit north and a little bit west to Niagara and St. Catharines. Yeah, they'd have to go right to the middle. They'd have to yeah. go them. Whereas Hamilton, they have to travel all the way to Ottawa and Kingston to play some of uh, their divisional teams. Like It's yeah. it, it's a question of do we play it geographically or do we play it through divisions just because they're already drawn up and it's easier. Let's start with you, Joy. I'd... You're our guest. Guests first. Sorry, Colin. I'm gonna talk longer. That's fine.
1: <laughs> well, you see that last we'll see segment? It.
0: Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything, but you know, no. Got <laughs> the feed up.
1: Well, go. I think I think right what, what you said in the article right. Lisa McLeod says when they arrive in the hub city, and I think that's kind of the sticking point. And the other thing too, further in the article, she says that on Wednesday, there's going to be some financial aid for the Ontario Hockey League announcement on that. And I think that's the sticking point is I think she's saying, if you're going to take the financial aid, it's got to be hub cities. And and the OHL is not too keen on the hub city idea. And and I think that's the big sticking point.
0: Yeah, I think you got to do it though, just because it's for safety reasons. I think that's kind of, I'm, I think you have to do be it because happy. we had just Money. under 1,600 cases in Ontario. A few yeah, years ago. we can't. Yeah, we can't get our country open. We can't get. I mean, we're starting to get vaccines. You've are, seen who's running the province, right? Should just be my mean. two cents about politics here. It, Should be mean. it has to be Hub City. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has to be. It has <laughs> to be Hub City. I mean, some arenas aren't even open. Some arenas aren't even open. No. The arena in Sudbury is shut down by the mayor. The arena in Sudbury is shut down by the mayor.
1: How are you, the, are you gonna?
0: Where you gonna training camp?
1: How are you gonna get twenty health officials to all sign off? Right too, like yeah. you said, Sudbury's You're, locked down.
0: The product, the product of hockey of the league might not be very good at the start because of the. Yeah. They might not. Some places might not be able to do training camp, so they'll be in the bubble longer. So, it, today, today's the sixteenth. Well, and I that's, say. I say if there's going to be a deal done in the next two weeks, it will be done by Friday. I imagine I don't know anything about the league meetings this month, but I imagine March 19th. March 19th, yeah. This Friday, March 19th. I'd imagine there'd be a league meeting this week. I'm sure there's continuing communication right now because the players are frustrated. You can tell by the letters. The parents are very frustrated. I mean, everyone's frustrated, and I get that. I get that there's a lot of fish to fry here with the with the Ontario. I mean with what, what's going on with COVID. I totally understand both sides of the story.
1: But at the end of the day, I mean,
0: if the deal goes done by Friday, which I imagine it would have to be, I think you start realistically, you start April the sixteenth, a week from Friday, or just, just under a month from Friday.
1: Yeah.
0: Because you've, you you've gotta do the 14 for... day the WHL, camp. the WHL, they didn't meet in their respective cities. They met in Regina, in terms of the um, Eastern Division, anyways. They met yeah. in Regina. Yeah. Nobody met at their home rinks. Yeah, and I think that's what's going to happen. I honestly think that's what's going to happen. I think, so March 19th, March 19th, this Friday, I think there's a deal done before then. Hopefully there's a deal done before then, because if not, that's not good. That's not good news. That's another. Thir- that's another trip around the up around the merry-go-round, I guess we could say,
1: yeah, at the well, circus.
0: Can, I mean, that's what's going to happen. So March nineteenth, it gets done. Let's say that May, April the second. So you go to quarantine. You go to quarantine. Food on the 29th of March, you know, you get that week preparation. A, a week, week and a couple quarantine, days. You think it would be forty? Do you think days. Ontario would make a contingent of? I think yeah, that's. I think that's when it would start. I think that's when it would start when you have to report to the bubble on the 29th of March. So then you start on the 16th of game, February or uh, April, the 16th, you start games on a Friday. You have the two weeks quarantine, then the 9th, you get out of quarantine, and then you have that week from the 10th to the 16th of April, you have the training camp days, practices, you got the week. I think that's the fastest we can start the league right now. Cause I really don't know how else you can do it. And looking at the calendar, I, I think that's the furthest you can wait in the earliest you can wait. Cause you can't start in May. There's no way you can start in May. Cause then you go to next year and no, because right now you're probably looking at 15 games on the year. Yeah. Then you also get into the problem of, and Joel, you mentioned about 20 health units trying to get on board with this. And I can only speak. Exactly. That's what it's up to. You can only speak. I, I mean, me anyways, I can only speak specifically in terms of Brant County is I play hockey every Friday nights, but we're done at the end of March. And that's because they're turning St. George arena into a vaccination site. Yeah. How many OHL rinks? And I understand there's probably only going to be four OHL rinks that are in use, but what day do they start turning those rinks because they're big enough compared to these community rinks? That they start vaccinating people at these rinks because it makes the most sense. They're well, Sudbury, it's obviously a closed building, but it's spread out a lot more because these OHL buildings you have a concourse, whereas the community rinks it's really just a lobby and then the rink. Yeah, Yeah. it's tough to line people up, get people into the building, and vaccinate them. Where the OHL rinks have got the concourses, they've got the arena floor, they've got upper decks where you can put people like. It makes the most sense to have these vaccination clinics at some of these bigger type rinks. So, but that being the, said, the longer it there is, gets delayed, the more trouble you have with that. That being said though, there is one team that is 100% in on being a bubble town on a bubble city or hub city. There's one team, 100%. The London Knights Budweiser gardens is 100% on board. That is for sure that they're 100% on board to be a, hub city that's from, from ryan Payette, right you got yeah, that ryan from, Payette. yeah uh, budweiser gardens is yep ryan ryan Payette is reported by it but they they are 100 on board budweiser gardens is 100 on board to have their facility as a hub as a hub city i guess so they're they're in it london i don't know any other arenas yet but they're for sure involved well we can get into that quickly as we Round out the show about another five to 10 minutes before we wrap up is ideal cities. And we've kind of gone through this over the last few months of where it would be a good idea to have an OHL hub city or an OHL bubble. And I'll start with you, Joel, because Niagara is very intriguing. The rink is newer, they have quite a few hotels that they could put the teams and officials and coaches up at. Um, The only problem I see in Niagara is your medical medical officer of health Niagara would have been in red coming out of the stay-at-home order, but your medical officer of health said, no, we're not ready for that. We're yeah. staying in gray because our case counts are still not good, despite you wanting to open up the rest of the province. So you can speak directly to that because you, you obviously live in Niagara, you cover the ice yeah. dogs, you kind of know it a little bit better than
1: Colin and I. It's tough because I think once you open up Niagara, you, it's like tourists want to come in, right? Yeah. So you got Niagara Falls, you got the, the the wineries, you got all that. So once you open up, it's it's free flowing. So I think you have to in somewhat. If you're gonna block the restaurants, you're gonna block the tourism. Then you can't really say, "Well, we can have hockey though." Yeah. You either gotta block all, or 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 you can't or open bring in up. five to six teams. No, sixteen. Yeah, and, and I get it. I, I mean, it's a tourist location. It's it is what it is. If if you're afraid of yeah. people from the big city coming in, spreading,
0: which is fine. I mean, I get both.
1: I get both. That's where there has to, to be no
0: no tolerance whatsoever. It's a bubble. And if you, you leave, you're gone. There's yeah. no and, doubt about and it. Ob- and obviously, with the city of London. They're massive in, with, involved in the OHL, the city yeah. of London. I mean, Budweiser Gardens has always sold out, 9,000. I mean, it's a big arena, a lot of space, multiple rooms. You can you can see them getting the exception just because it's London. But yeah. other than that, I really don't know what arena. Because we thought Sarnia, perfect. Lambton College I think Sarnia right yeah, is perfect. Yeah, I think Sarnia is perfect. That's the only problem. They moved to gray this week. Low, and, and Lisa McLeod mentioned that earlier on in the week that – that's a big thing too. It's up to local uh, health authorities yeah. to host the hub city. That's what we're looking at now too. Sarnia. Sarnia well, Ryan Payette said that the... it's pretty much up to 20 health units to decide who plays yeah. and who doesn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. Who hosts it. That, I mean, I think that's you go the down thing. in order. You start alphabetical. You start alphabetical. Other than the <laughs> American teams, other than the American teams, they'll have to come here. Yeah. But other than that, I think you start off at the top of the list and just work down. Can you host a bubble? Can you host a bubble? Can you be a hub? Whoever is is.
1: The other thing, That's too, is these small communities. You think, well, they, they don't have many cases, maybe, or, or whatnot. Do they want all or that? Yeah. They don't want all that coming in because if it spreads, it spreads like don't want the wildfire. Yeah, Look at Sudbury. Exactly. Look yeah, at North, exactly. they Bay,
0: North Bay. North Bay was yeah, still those... home at home the same time Toronto and Peel and all, yeah. of, like, all of the GTA that stayed in stay-at-home sorted North Bay just because of all it the did. variants. Yeah, there's the no chance, and North Bay host a bubble. I mean, there's a, it's a good spot. We both mentioned North Bay, but with the case count being way, there's not a chance that the local uh, health authorities approve them to host a hub. And they gotta figure stuff out first. And if Sudbury's and no, that's tough out there. That's tough. You might. I wonder if you'll see. And I know this costs a little bit more, so I don't know if you would. But I wonder if you'd see it. So let's say, let's say London and Kitchener could host a could be hub cities. I mean, Kitchener's a valuable valuable opinion. It's a nice facility. They have multiple rinks and multiple rooms. I mean, that's the one. For baseball, you you use your dressing room to the clubhouse. They have multiple. I mean, you don't even go through the same doors. You have three different ways to get on the ice and the odd. It's perfect. You go behind the net in the corner or through the penalty box or through by the Rangers bench. So you got four ways. There's another thing. There's another thing. And that's the thing. Those rinks, those two other rinks, Yep. If they're going to play junior B hockey, I don't think they will. There's no nah. more Kitchener-Dutchman. They play in air now. So there's no junior yeah. B team at the odd. Even the Windsor Spitfires, they've got two, three community rinks at the WFCU yep. center. That whole complex works there's perfectly. Another one. Play and practice, yep. same building. So let's say, can you see Niagara, that division, playing play out of Kitchener? I mean it's too much money. It's a lot of money to do that to have to not have um, like the host city play in the host bubble. Yeah. But just because I mean Windsor Windsor is kind of like how Sarnia is where I think Windsor gets it over Sarnia if you're gonna do divisional bubbles because yeah. Windsor's a great spot there. It's just the border just towns. The- they might be scared of the border towns. You never know. Yeah, that's true. But once you're in it, doesn't matter anyway because the border's not open. It it is because you can cross it a <laughs> ascent- set if you're essential. They say yeah. it's closed, but is it really? No. But I just, yeah, it's just the border city topic. And again, Niagara, I wouldn't say the Niagara Falls mayor, Jim Diodati, is the smartest man in the world because he is welcoming tourists to the Niagara area. So, and
1: that is my friend, why we are still in red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> <We>, right. Hey, <laughs> hey, we need that. Hey, we need that. Uh, we need a sound clip there. So,
0: for now on, like when we get back in the lockdown hopefully not. when we get back in the lockdown we'll <laughs> have that
1: my friend is like we are still in. draft yeah. we need well, that well that's the thing and, and i get it i get it niagara falls yeah. needs tourism yeah. that's how they make their it's money but place. you open everyone up everyone else is hurting. Are everyone else i mean yeah. everyone else is hurting wouldn't it be I mean, nice to go to the falls a nice be great. afternoon yeah. sure it be great. <laughs> i would have loved to have been there yeah, sure. It, it'd be nice. It would be.
0: It's turning to do spring. I, it's getting do, I, do, I, do a live show by the fall. Like no.
1: <laughs> hey, you're welcome.
0: Made of the made of the best.
1: <laughs> Oh man, I get it, but
0: yeah, we going to be, be safe. safe. Um, yeah, we're still waiting. We we're really just going off of these rumors and articles about what's gonna happen potentially this week or next week or what's really going on in Ontario with the government and. The Ontario but Hockey the, League. It's it's all speculation. We're guessing right now. Like, but we see players come back. Yeah, so other than London, other than London sent back. Like, players are yeah. starting to finally come back. So, and other than Budweiser Gardens, we really yeah you have ideas of teams. But it just to get a sense of how far the league is still to come for the listeners, there's still a bit to come. I mean, that being said, it can the be NHL done. Team. Like five o'clock tomorrow. But I just think by Friday, we need a deal done to uh, be able to participate.
1: Yeah. The NHL teams aren't releasing guys until it's concrete.
0: Yep. While well, Donovan Sobrango... Do you think what they if, don't have to release players until that uh, bubble-slash-mandatory quarantine period starts? Yeah. Like, say it's on the 29th. Do they Not have until, until the 28th they they get to release report. players? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, because that's Seth Jarvis in uh, Chicago... Yeah. With the Wolves in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, that was the Seth Jarvis thing. But I just think like Donovan Sobrango, congratulations, signs an entry level yeah. deal. What a picture him and Steve Eisenman. I want that picture. That was a great <laughs> post. I want that table. The table, I want <laughs> With that. With the Wings logo? That was sick. I want I that table. I need that table. Damn. I need that table. But that's a, that's a great picture of him and Eisenman there. Um, him getting signed before Raymond, too. Well, he's there. He's there. Detroit doesn't really Very. sign guys until they're there. Yeah. They did that with Mo Sider too. They didn't sign Mo Sider until he was there. They don't right. really sign prospects unless until they're there and meet them in person. And That's couple, also, they uh, haven't really been able to. That's It's also Quentin Byfield. I think the Kings call him up. I think he plays for. Well, the he gets Kings. the nine games. Well, get this. Okay. So Sudbury's playing. Or Kaliev. I think he's going to come back. Kaliev comes back because there's too many pieces there. You yep. can give Aiden Dudas and Nikhil Thomas their chance, right? Yep. So, They'll get their shot, and they'll ride them out. So that's a good shot, too. Oh, answer the phone. I know. Interrupt <laughs> <laughs> Interrupted. I, I just a, think it's Wednesday, a Big Ten Wednesday. source. What up, Dan Patrick?
1: <laughs> I just think Wednesday is going to be fascinating with the uh, with the funding. Yeah. The financial aid. I think that decides a lot of it. Are we thinking exactly. a million money talks?
0: Because the, the, the yeah. Quebec government gave out a million, didn't they? Yes. They're looking for the most and they that, can get. That wasn't even to every team. That was just the Quebec teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No.
0: They're, look, they're looking for the most they can get. Oh, I would. They, it's going to be hefty, right? <laughs> Duh. Duh, Colin. Captain <laughs> Obvious Key of the Week. Captain Obvious Key of the Week. They're going to look for what they can get. Blonde moment. Good one, Colin. <laughs> All good.
1: Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, Oh, my God. Put the fire out. Come on, do a job. But once you take the funding, they they have some more control, too, the Ontario government. Yeah. You're right. And that's why I think we give you the funding, you got to go to hub cities. I think that's the debate right now.
0: Do you think case count's a big one? Because we're on pace for – let's be honest. We're on pace for a lockdown. Oh, we're headed for a third wave. I've already – health officials have already said we're there already.
1: Yeah, well, we're
0: just waiting for that. We're just waiting for the lockdown. So,
1: yeah, do you say we're just going to start this, get a deal done, start this? Yeah, we're not going to wait for the guys in the AHL. We're going, that's what they might say. We're going to get a couple games, like just get Panophemus, Ty Nelson, Donovan McCoy, five, 10 games.
0: They, They have to play.
1: Yep, or at this point, yeah. That's the well, thing, Ni- right?
0: Well, Niagara has waited a long time for a guy like Panofeimus. To- I mean, Niagara really—they haven't hasn't had as had... much. They haven't had as much anticipation for a prospect. Yeah, like exactly. Akeel Thomas and and I know Phil Thomasino, I mean, phenomenal overall. player, but akil Thomas. He he was a guy. He's one of the probably top Akeel, five ice dog of all time. I think I say this every week. I mean, his uh, his ceremony the day he got traded to Peterborough at the trade deadline. The yeah. game against Hamilton—that was the first game in the press box. Not a big deal, but he—I mean—that might be the biggest reception I've ever saw a player get in, G- in the OHL. That was crazy.
1: His I mean, return is the last game before the lockdown.
0: Packed yeah, building,
1: yeah. Packed
0: building, and then and then a week after it was supposed to be Matthew Phillip.
1: You know, what's no. building eru- yeah, a building. I, I, I probably would
0: have been at that game too, Matthew Phillip. I liked him. We got along. For yeah. Him.
1: Yeah, that's but, that's that's ironic in a way, too, though. Akil yeah, Thomas last game, yeah. <laughs> lockdowns back in Niagara. I'm and, glad he got it, though. I'm really glad. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: was, that was nice. Um, all right. That pretty much wraps up our time this week. I know it was a – Colin and I enjoyed covering the Blades and Pats game very much on Sunday. Of course, again, a 6-3 victory for the Saskatoon Blades. And then a very – very lengthy, but a very good discussion about what the yeah. heck is going on here in Ontario and the plan that's not official or not even really a plan yet. Just rumors, Nobody knows. but uh, yeah. uh, we had an extra voice on the show today, Joel Vanderland. Uh, we always appreciate you coming on. You know what you're talking about. We enjoy listening to your input and getting your input on what's going on. So again, thank you for joining us. And I can't wait for the next time that we can have you on.
1: Perfect. Thank you guys. I always enjoy uh, chatting with you. Good week. Who knows?
0: Third week in a row. We might chat again next, uh, next Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday. Keep it going. But there has to be an app for us to be really um, yeah to have a show to be honest like an yeah, announcement we was- next week's show yeah opinions on act yeah opinions on uh, yeah. what's going on yeah so oh, well, play the wings go horn we <laughs> will chat either in seven days or 14 days and we'll see you then <laughs>